Vern, who's going to come up and uh, take this morning's offering. Thank you, Pastor Dan. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Today is Missions Sunday, so a reminder, we'll be doing missions later in the service. You know, the pattern of tithing comes to us and was shown to us in Scripture by Abram. You know, Abram went to war, rescued his family, and was... God blessed him in that endeavor, and on his way back, he met a um, priest of God by the name of Melchizedek, and Melchizedek came and welcomed him, but Melchizedek brought, interesting enough, bread and wine, which we know represents the elements of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So Melchizedek came and blessed Abram, and then Abram turned around and brought, gave a tithe, or 10%, to Melchizedek. Why? Because he was blessed. Well, today, we are more blessed than Abram, for Jesus Christ has come has shed his body and blood for our salvation. And let's be honest, we probably live in the greatest country in the world. Amen? So everyone is blessed. So how much more is it important that we bring our share, our tithe, and give it to our house to those, the priests who represent us and oversee this wonderful church. So our response then is really significant because Christ has obtained our salvation. And, you know, Matthew 23, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and he reminded them the importance that they continue tithing. Even though they were falling short in other areas, he said continue to do these other things, which they had talked about, which included the tithe. And he stated to them that they should not neglect that. So we, as the body of Christ, should not ne neglect the tithe. So let us be then faithful in bringing our tithes and offerings into our church so that this church can continue to be a blessing, not only here locally, but throughout the world. Amen. If the ushers would come forward, let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have shown us the principle of how we are to be faithful in our giving. As we bring our tithes and offerings to you today, we ask that you bless it and multiply it to do more than we can imagine. May it bring many souls into the body of Christ. Lord, bless each of us as we give. Father God, and, and uh, 
Multiply it to us, for you stated in your principles of sowing and reaping. We thank you that you gave your only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who shed his blood for the remission of our sins, so that we may have salvation for eternity. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're gonna, we have an offertory special this morning. Hi is uh, headed back to Vietnam. Uh, this is his last Sunday with us. So he's going to play a song for us, and then I'm going to have some of the men come up, and we're going to pray for him. Uh, but he's going back. So he's going to play a song for us, and then, and then Pastor Scott and I are going to go up, and some of the guys, will, I'll call you up, and we're going to pray for him as he gets back to, to Vietnam. You ready? By the way, this song's called Sunflower.
Come on down here. So he heads back. He heads back. He will, he's going to be, he's a pilot. So now he's finished school. If we fly Vietnam Air, we got to make sure, right? That's who you're going to work for? All right. You fly Vietnam Airlines, make sure you stop by to see the cockpit. Make sure you say hi to him in case he's flying it. Pastor Scott, if you'd come up. If, if any of the teenage guys want to come up, you guys want to come up here. Uche, want to come up. We're going to pray. He's headed back to Hanoi. Where are you going? Yeah. So we're going to pray and, and we're going to miss you. I don't know what we're going to do this Valentine's. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the incredible opportunity. God, how you make this world seem so small, how you direct our steps and orchestrate our lives in which the people and appointments that you set up for us to meet and to, and to develop relationships with are so strategic, so designed by the divine. God, we pray that your hand would continue to be upon high. That you would direct his steps, that you not only grant him favor, Father God, with his job and with his family, but God, that you would anoint him, Father, to carry the message of the gospel back to Vietnam, that you would direct his steps, Lord Jesus, that you would put the right people in his life, Father God, that he would discover and, and meet the Christians in his neighborhood, God, even in the, in the business, Father, in the business world in Vietnam, God, that you would allow him to be a light, that you would allow him to be the salt, that you would allow him, Father God, to be the watchman, Lord Jesus, that he would share your love, not just, Father God, in his smile, but with his words. God, that you would bless him in all that he says and does, Father God, that you, Lord, would continue to finish what you began in him, because you are faithful to do so, that your word never, Father God, returns void, but, Lord Jesus, that it bears fruit. Bless this young man because of the wonderful blessing he has been to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. How long have you been here for, hi? 23 months. Very good. Um, when I was a teenager, my, my grandparents gave me a Bible, and in the front of the Bible, they wrote a verse reference. And, um, and that was the first time anyone had given me an actual Bible reference, and so it's, it was significant to me. And I remembered, I memorized it, and as soon as I say it, probably... A lot of the people in the room may automatically know what it is, but I want to encourage you with this high. It says um, Proverbs 3, uh, verse 5. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Amen. Looking forward to seeing you again, high, maybe in Vietnam. Or... That'd be great. Fantastic. Hey, well, welcome to Mission Sunday, and uh, first Sunday of the month is the Sunday where we have our, our focus and our attention on, on missions and what we're doing throughout the earth and what we're doing in the various countries and the projects around the world. And today it's great to have Pastor Jack here with us, and he'll come up shortly to, to uh, bring a, a great message, uh, which I've kind of already seen, so you're in for a great message this morning. But you know, when it comes to, comes to missions, it's, it's so easy for us sometimes to get our eyes kind of down, not down dark, downcast, but down in the sense of what's here now, what's about me, and, and what's, what's happening to me, what, what's my day look like, what's, what's happening to me, 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 me. 
And we can live our life like that. And what I love about having a church that is missions focused, we do not have a missions department. We don't have a missions uh, feel. We don't. We have we have a dynamic of missions. We have something that drives us. The reason why this church exists is is to minister to the church, but it's got to be go beyond that. It goes out of us. It goes through us. It, it, the church, as we were talking about last week, what does the church look like outside of the church service? What it looks like wells being dug in Cambodia. It looks like radios being supplied in Indonesia where they hear the gospel message. It looks like kids skating on skate ramps through the week and coming to a service on Thursday night to hear the gospel. Now, that's what, that's what this church looks like outside of a church service. And that's why it's so dear and passionate in our hearts. That's why missions is, so, uh, is what drives us. If we cease to be outward focused, we cease to be the church. And so we, we grab a hold of the cause of Christ, and that moves us, and that operates and, uh, in every area of what we do here. So church, welcome to Mission Sunday. And uh, we have a short video that we're going to show just to give you a report of what we've been a part of. And when I say we, I mean Imaginations Church, Phoenix, Darwin, Melbourne, Yuma, and uh, Sydney. I was going to say Penrith. I still kind of switch between those. Penrith is a suburb of Sydney. But collectively, you know, what can we be doing? What are we doing as five churches? And I know in Pastor Jack's heart, there's 10 churches. 10 Imaginations churches, that just have a think, what could we be doing as 10 churches around the world to get the gospel to those who've never heard it and need to know the love of Christ? So let's look to the screens and see what we've been doing. What a privilege we have to be a part of seeing the kingdom of God expand throughout the earth. Through your incredible generosity, we are seeing the sick cared for, the prisoner visited, the naked clothed, the hungry fed, the thirsty given water, and the stranger welcomed in. Indonesia, our radio station is impacting the community there by spreading the gospel daily throughout the island. Every day, people are connecting with our radio station, calling in for prayer and finding hope in Jesus. In Sorong, Indonesia, construction is progressing well at our new station. The aim is to be on the air by February 2018. Once this station is operational, we are believing it will have a similar impact in the community, just like in Alor. in Cambodia are making a real and lasting difference to the people who receive this life-giving water. 
Reth and Nen live in Kampot province and last year their whole family accepted Jesus and God has given them such hope and joy to keep going on their journey. This year they received a new well and they are so thankful for this well as it saves them so much time and energy trying to find water in the hot season. As a result, they have a greater ability to work and to provide for their family. It has changed so much for them and their community. Throughout Indonesia, we are seeing God do amazing things through the work of our incredible church planters. They are spreading the gospel, making disciples and building churches in cities, towns and villages. Mariana is one of our church planters in West Sumba. She has a church of over 40 people and she says this, I am so grateful that God is with me. To share the gospel, I must walk from one village to another. At times I feel so tired, but when I saw one soul receive Jesus, I got supernatural energy to walk to more villages. Yopi is a church planter in Manado with over 30 people in his church. They are running small groups and recently saw God do an incredible miracle in a woman healed of acute appendicitis. Our church planters do amazing work spreading the gospel and building the church in Indonesia. of India and even into Nepal, we are seeing the gospel spread to the people of that area through our church planters. Binu in Patna, Bihar, Kanchan in Banahat, West Bengal, Madhav in Kathmandu, Nepal, Ratish in Kolkata, West Bengal, and Supriyo in Egra, West Bengal are each doing amazing work establishing churches and community outreaches to see the church built in that region. Providing a home for a widow changes so much for that woman and the children that she cares for. Her new home gives her dignity, protection, security, and it shows her and those in her world that there is a God who cares for her. These homes allow these widows to settle so that they no longer have to go without shelter, and it helps them to start a new life where they can provide for their own needs and provide a future for their family. Because of your heart to give, people's lives are being touched and impacted throughout the world. We are not supporting projects, but we are touching lives. People are finding healing, help and hope in Jesus through our generosity and the name of Jesus is being glorified throughout the world. church, I, I want to echo what Mitch, that's the voice that you hear. Many of you have met him. 
His name is Mitch. But I want to echo uh, what Mitch just said then, said then, is to say thank you. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of people that are being reached with the gospel, whose lives are being impacted. People that we may not ever meet until we meet in heaven one day. People that are in nations that we may never visit in, in this, you know, while, while we're here. We may never get to meet some of those widows that have a home built for them. But to know that we have been the answer to a widow's cry out to God, that God would use us that way, is humbling and it's exciting. And it is inspiring to keep on keeping on. And at the end of the service, uh, after Pastor Jake preaches, we're going to have our missions offering. And uh, I want you just to think through those projects. Think about the, the missions heart. Think about the gospel and the power of the gospel. And uh, as we come to give there, because we're having that offering there at the end. And I want to um, just take some time now, introduce Pastor Jack. And um, I'm pretty sure most of you have met Pastor Jack or heard Pastor Jack by now. In uh, this coming February, he will have been my pastor for 22 years. Um, maybe even a little bit before that, maybe back in, in January. For 22 years. And uh, my life has not been the same. My life has been changed. And uh, I love this man. I trust this man. And uh, so excited to see, um, you know, all that is yet in front of us. 22 years. And I think we've got another 22 in us. I hope I do. <laughs> That'll make me 66. Yeah, I'm good. But uh, no, Pastor Jack, it's an honor to have you here with us. And can we stand and welcome Pastor Jack? Thank you. Thank you so much. Are we, are we good? Am I on? Okay. Thank, thanks. Thanks, Scotty. And what an honor to do this journey with you and your family and so many others. And you know, I also am here today with my pastor of 41 years and Pastor Tom Messer, who has been my pastor speaking into my life for 41 years is with us today. Actually, I feel very honored uh, to have two men that are leaders over my life that speak into my life, Pastor Messer and, and Tim Sage. And Tim has been an elder uh, in our church in Australia uh, uh, on Carol and Mine's ministry board, church board school, our school. We have a, a great school there in, in Sydney with about 700 uh, uh, children, K through 12. But Tim also uh, has just uh, been a covering over my life and speaks into my life. And uh, it's great to have Tim. I had to kind of, uh, you know, persuade him a little bit by promising to take him to the PBR in uh, Las Vegas for three days. So we Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday went and saw the professional bull riders because we're a couple of old cowboys, to be honest with you. And, uh, but, that, but the real joy, and we both have said this, as great as that is, it's being here, it's being with you, meeting with guys this week, and we're so grateful for you. We love you. Man, I love what you've done with the place. I walked in and I thought, what happened in here? It looks bigger. It, how does the room and the stage both look bigger? Something has to give, and yet it doesn't look that way at all. So I was last here in June when it was so hot they weren't letting airplanes land out of Sky Harbor Airport. Remember when it got that hot? I thought it was because the uh, runway was too, you know, it was so hot the runway was soft. Actually, they told me, no, it's so hot 
that there's not enough lift in the air for the airplane. So when it comes into land, it just drops because, but you know, I think I like Phoenix in November better. Thank you, Father, for November in Phoenix. That's why we endure June, July, and August, you know. Carol sends you her love, and uh, she uh, uh, is not with me, obviously, because she's been speaking this weekend at our Mission Sunday uh, in Sydney. They're asleep right now. I like what Renata said. I'd never heard that before. We're the church that never sleeps, because somewhere in the world, Imaginations Church is alive, awake, Right now, I don't know, what is it, 2 in the morning in, in Sydney or something? But here, we're going for it. So they've just had their Sunday. They've just had their mission Sunday. They're sleeping. We're having ours. Anyway, it's, you know, I always remember this. You never have to worry about tomorrow because it's always already tomorrow in Australia. As the, as the book of Psalms says, Selah, pause and calmly think about that. Why would God entrust tomorrow to the Aussies? What's up with that? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for this wonderful church. Thank you, God, for such beautiful hearts. And Lord, I just love this church. It's just so real. The people are just so genuine. I'm just so grateful, Lord, that we are here together today. And I ask now in these next few minutes, Father, as we speak, that you will speak. The Lord will not just hear a person, but we will hear the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. Lord, we're here to obey. We're here to love. We're here to serve. We're here to grow. We're here, Lord, uh, for you. And so I'm just asking now, help me to take the water of this word and wash the feet. I pray of every servant of God in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Our theme this year, and of course you can see it up on the uh, on, the, on the green uh, banners up there, it's stronger from strength to strength. And we've been using Psalm 84 all year as the basis for what we've been teaching, especially verses 5, 6, and 7, which says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Woman, too. Man means us, okay? Blessed is the person whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Come on, we're moving. We're not sitting. We're moving. We're on pilgrimage. Our heart is set on this journey. And as they pass through the valley of weeping, as they pass through the trials and tears of life, through the valley of Baca, the Bible says they make it a spring. And the rain also covers it with pools. And then our key verse, they go from strength to strength. And each one appears before God in Zion. This is God's will for your life. This is God's will for your career, your future, your marriage your singleness, this is God's will for you, that you go from strength to strength. It's his plan, it's his will, and it's his purpose. And it's his purpose for us as a church, that we as a church, high for you to go from strength to strength as you leave this place and go back to that beautiful nation of Vietnam where they need Jesus so much, that you would not go from a place of strength to weakness, but from a place of strength to strength. This is God's plan. This is his purpose for us. And so we've been looking this year at elements in our life that we can lay hold of and implement and surrender to that will cause us to do that very thing. How do we go from strength to strength? And so this year we've been talking about, well, we go from strength to strength by submitting our life. We go from strength to strength by seeking God. 
compassionately. We go from strength to strength by showing Christ's character. We go from strength to strength by saying God's word. We go from strength to strength by sharing our faith. But this month in Sydney, I'm not sure where we all are tracking together on the exact months of these themes, but we've just finished up our theme, and this is the message I just shared seven days ago in Sydney. We grow from strength to strength by serving God's dream. What is God's? Does God have a dream? Well, he doesn't dream like you and I dream because he never sleeps. Okay, so it's not like God goes to sleep and this is what he dreams about. No, that's not what we mean when we say serving God's dream. But I can tell you God has a dream, a plan. God has a vision. God has a focus. God has a purpose that we could look at it from our point of view and say, oh, that's God's dream. That's what God's dreaming. That's what God's planning. That's what God sees happening. And so to serve God's dream, we have to understand, well, what is it? I'll serve it, but let me know what it is. What is God's dream? And so we're going to look at God's dream this morning and how you and I can commit our lives to serve his dream. And so in the book of Revelation, I mean, how are we going to know what God's dream is? Well, go to the end. Go to the end. Go to the back of the book, and let's look at what this was all about. What was this all about? And here's what it says in chapter 11 and verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And so if we go to the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, we can see what God's plan has been all along, what God's purpose has been all along, what God's dream has been about all along. Now, if we go to the front of the book, we see how it starts. In the beginning, God creates the heaven and the earth. Why? Well, we get to the end of the book, and we see that the kingdoms of this world, the nations of this world, the peoples of this world have become part of his kingdom and have received his Christ and his salvation. So the book of Revelation is not like any other book. It's really interesting. The book of Revelation is prophecy, but it's written as history. I mean, really, it tells us about what's going to happen, but but the writer writes it like it already happened because he's writing it in the past tense. I saw, there was, and this happened, and that happened. But it hadn't happened yet. But it's kind of like the history of the future. It, there's just no other book like it. It's prophecy written as history. In chapter 7, it says this. After these things, I looked, and behold... A great multitude, come on, a great multitude which no one could number. Here it is. Here's the dream of God. Of all nations, tribes, all peoples, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, 
crying out with a loud voice. We're talking about all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues standing before the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the world. And they're saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and on the Lamb. That is God's dream. That's his dream. Those nations, those peoples, those cultures, those races, those tribes, those tongues. Standing and singing together as one salvation's song. This is the history of the future. And so this sixth strategy of growing stronger in my life is serving God's dream. And God's dream. What is God's dream? Well, we're seeing it here. Chapter 19. After these things, I heard a loud voice and a great multitude, a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. The book of Revelation shows us God's dream coming to pass. The book of Revelation shows us God's dream gets fulfilled because it's written as though it were already fulfilled even though we are racing towards it today. Chapter 5. They sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Look at this. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Chapter 14. I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, Having the everlasting gospel. Come on, the gospel. The gospel which has been entrusted to us. Here's what he had. He had the gospel. The gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. To every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Now, as I read this, I get filled with encouragement. Because according to the book of Revelation, God's plan does not fail. God's dream does not fail. It comes to pass. We read about it like headlines today, even though it has not yet come to pass. But God's plan comes to pass. The job gets done. Somebody does this. Somewhere, at some point in time, somebody rises up. And fulfills and serves God's dream. We see it. In the future, the gospel was preached to every nation, to every people, to every tribe, and to every tongue. I'm going to say that again. In the future, the gospel was preached to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every race, every culture, every people group. In the future, this happened. And then we read Jesus in his own words describing the end of the world to his own disciples when they say, Lord, what's the end of the world going to look like? And Jesus says in Matthew 24 and verse 14, this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom will be, it will, it will, you go to the bank on this one, baby, it will, there ain't no stopping it. There ain't no church lazy enough, slack enough, selfish enough to keep it from happening. It will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. 
and then the end will come. Jesus said it will, and then in the book of Revelation, it was. And so according to the book of Revelation, somebody rolled their sleeves up and got the job done. Somebody, somebody rises up and makes Jesus' last command their first priority. Somebody serves God's dream, and God's dream becomes a reality as it's fulfilled. Somebody, somewhere, at some point, seeks God passionately and submits their life and serves God's dream. Now, who does it? Who is the book of Revelation written about? Somebody does it. Who does this? Who embraces Jesus' last command as the first passion and the first priority of their life? Well, I'm going to tell you who does it. I'm going to tell you who, who gets the job done. It's his totally committed followers called disciples. His disciples get it done. I'm not talking about casually comfortable followers. I'm talking about totally committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who live, who live, who live to love and honor and serve him with their life, their time, their energy, their talent, their treasure. I'm going to tell you who gets this done. It's not some half-baked, once a month I go to church, not my, you know, uh, here's my $2. All, no, 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 that's not who gets it done. No, 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 that's not who gets it done. They're serving their own dream. Now, I'm going to tell you who gets this done. It's totally committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And our vision statement at Imaginations Church is to turn non-Christians into totally committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our vision statement. I'm going to say it again. Our vision statement, whether it's in America or Sydney or wherever the next five Imaginations Churches end up, this is why we exist, to turn non-Christians into totally committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the question. Is it possible that the book of Revelation was written about you? It's written about somebody. Somebody. Because somebody saw to it that this gospel got delivered to every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Somebody, somebody, somewhere, according to the book of Revelation, somewhere a church rose up and committed its best people, its best resources, its best prayer, its best passion, its best kids fulfilling the Great Commission and making Jesus' last command their first priority. I know that happened because we read about it. What church was it? Some church. Is it possible? Is it possible? Is it conceivable that we could be a part of that church? Somebody, somewhere, at some point, this gets done. Somewhere, a movement started. A movement of Christians who decided that it was their destiny to harvest the world for Christ. 
That happens in the future. What movement was it? Is it possible that we at Imaginations are a part of a movement like that? Is it? Because somewhere, someone gave money. And lots of it. So that the gospel could be delivered. How many know the gospel is free if you're receiving it? But if you're delivering it, it takes money. It's free to receive it. Free to receive it. It's expensive to provide it. And so somewhere, someone rose up and gave money. Who did that? Who took money and didn't spend it on themselves? Who took money and gave it to get the gospel to nations? Someone did. Was it you? Somewhere, a family rose up, and that family committed their finances and their lives to serve God's dream. Whose family was that? Is it possible that it was your family? According to the history of the future, the job gets done. God's plan does not fail. Nations are standing before him and singing salvation songs. Somewhere, at some point, his disciples, his totally committed followers, obeyed his command and served his dream. What are we going to do with our lives in these last days, in these last days before the return of Christ? What are we going to do with our lives? I want to challenge me and you that we take our lives and we serve God's dream with our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul said, and he died for all. Now listen, disciples. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. We all have choices to make. Who am I going to live for? Who am I going to live for? I got, I got a life. I don't know how long it is, but I got it. I got a life. It's here. It's in front of me. What am I, who am I going to live it for? Whose dream am I living for? The Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, but my life is worth nothing. Oh, my goodness. This, I read this passage of Scripture, and I feel the earth move under my feet when I read it. He said, I... But my life, my life, Paul said, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. Paul said, what good is my life? What good is my talent? What good are my gifts? What good is my knowledge? What good are the degrees? What good is my life if I'm not using it and spending it to fulfill the purpose that God has for me? My passion for my life and our church is that we would live to make Jesus' last command our first priority. And so I want to share with you for a few moments, how do I do that? I mean, really, really, in a real world, 
How do I serve God's dream? We're talking about what God's dream is. God's dream is that the nations of the world are going to stand before him. God's dream is that this book of Genesis to this book of Revelation has a time. It's got a use-by date. It's going to finish. It's going to end. From Genesis to Revelation, it's got a use-by date. This earth, this world, our life, and, he, and, and not just this world and maybe the thousands of years or whatever God has in store, but like you were just saying, Scotty, we all also have a use-by date as well. Uh, I ain't going to outlive the world probably unless Jesus comes right back soon. But what am I going to do? So I want to share with you practically five things, five ways you can serve God's dream. If you're a committed follower, totally committed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to show you five ways. And here's how you count to five. D-R-E-A-M. You knew that was coming. I don't, I don't know how to count to five. I don't know how to count to D-R-E-A-M, dream, dream. And the reason I want to give you five practical, serious, honest-to-God, in-your-facious ways to serve God's D-R-E-A-M is so that tomorrow when you're at Starbucks having that cup of coffee, you may not remember those five points, one, two, three, four, five, but you might remember D-R-E-A-M. Help me, somebody. So how do we do this? By the way, how am I doing? Am I smiling enough? Carol, Carol, Carol gets on me. She says, you're not smiling enough. I said, she said, you look mad. I said, no, I'm not mad. Baby, I'm not mad. I'm just passionate. I, I'm happy. So let's take a smile break. You ready? Okay, smile break's over. <laughs> How do I serve God's dream? Could you track with me for about 10 or 15 more minutes? And let's just look at this together, honest to goodness. How do we here at Imaginations Phoenix how does Jack and Carol, how do you and Mama or you and Daddy, how do you serve God's dream? Now, don't get mad at me if this is too simple and too practical because simple really works for this old boy, okay? How do you serve God's dream? Well, let me start with D. Here's how you serve God's dream. Do a missions trip. Say what? No, no, listen, do a, do a missions trip. Wait, 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 what do you, what do you, listen. Listen, go. That's what the Bible says. Go. Oh, I can't. No, just stop that. Stop that. I can't. No, 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 don't stop that. Listen, Jesus said go. Go and see. Go see for yourself. Go and touch. Go and feel something. Go and lay hold of God's dream. Go. Oh, well, I'll give. Great, but that does not exempt you from going. Go and do all. Go. This is what the Bible, Jesus says in Mark 16, 15, he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone everywhere. Now look, you may not go forever and you may not go and stay, but you need to go and see and you need to go and touch and be touched. By God's dream. Jose and I were just talking before church. He was sharing with me the three times he went to Russia. 
I remember going to Russia too, brother. That wall had been up. That iron curtain, that, 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 that part of the world was just closed. I remember walking into a little town in Russia that had not seen a Westerner in 70 years. They brought the television cameras out. They brought television cameras out on the street. We were the first Westerners in almost two generations to go, to go. And there we stood, preach the gospel. You got to go, man. Go is what the scripture says. You want to serve God's dream? You want to serve God's dream? Well, then plan sometime in the next three years to go on a mission trip. Just, just plan. Well, brother, I don't know if we have the money. Don't you ask the money if you have. You, you, listen, your dream cannot follow your money. Your money must follow your dream. You make a commitment. All right, Lord, in the next year, two or three, we're going to go. Maybe it's just to Mexico. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just to an outreach down. But you got to go. Maybe it's to Cambodia. You got to go. And you got to set it as a focus. You got to set it as a priority. People say, well, I don't have any money for a mission trip. No, it's because you haven't set a commitment to go on a mission trip. The money will follow your commitment. I've seen it all my life. I've watched single mothers in our church who didn't have two dimes who were living on the welfare have a dream to go touch the mission field, to see the mission field, to open their eyes and look at the mission field. And I've watched God time after time provide. All you have to do is get the commitment. God knows how to get the money. I'm going to enlarge you. Come on, family. Some of we live here in Phoenix. Some of us ain't ever even been up to Prescott. I took Tim the other day to the Grand Canyon, and we talked about how many people in Arizona who've lived here all their life and never seen one of the great wonders of the world. You got to go. You got to get up off your rusty dusty. I don't mean you. I mean those Baptist people down the street. You got to go, family. Come on. Just do it. Stop it and just do it. Jesus said, I say unto you. John 4.35. Lift up your eyes and look at the fields. And I don't think he just means looking at CBS or just looking at the internet. I believe Jesus wants you to go stand on the fields of his dream. Listen to me. Stay with me. He wants you to stand on the fields of his dream and look at the fields that are already white unto harvest. Family, many times it's been on a missions trip that God has broke my heart, stretched my faith, strengthened my resolve, changed my vision, captured my soul to serve his dream. You ain't going to serve and be passionate about what you can't see. You can't see it. How's it going to move you? If you can't see it, how is it going to own you? I see it. Number two, D-R-E-A-M. I'm glad that wasn't much longer. I forgot how to spell it. How many know what D, a G is? A D. What is D? D. How many know what D is? Do a mission ship. Here's what R E-R. Now, don't get, you're going to, as soon as I say this, you're going to go, well, just stay with me. Here's what R is. R is reward. Reward. Reach, reach, reach for the prize. Reward. Listen, 
don't, don't get too holy on me here for just a minute. Wait till after church. Listen to what the, let, let me say this. Not only is serving God's dream rewarding, but there is a reward for the life that serves God's dream. I'm going to say that again. It's rewarding to serve God's dream, but at the end of it, there is a reward. And you better believe it. And this was important to the Apostle Paul. This was a major thing for him. Listen to what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4. These are the last recorded words of Paul. Here's his last words written down. Listen to what he says. But as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I've remained faithful. What's Paul saying? He's saying, I've served God's dream. This is what he's saying. I have served God's dream. And now listen to this. And now the prize awaits me. Oh, yeah. You don't think that was not constantly before Paul? That a life of service to God is a rewarded life. A life of service to God is a life that keeps reaching and pressing toward the prize, toward the reward. Even earlier, this is when Paul was younger. He writes Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14. Listen to what he says. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us up heavenward. This was high on Paul's priority. It should be high on yours and mine. In 1987, Pastor Tom Messer, sitting right over there in that corner, asked Carol and I if we would take our three babies and move to Australia. I love America. It's my home. I served in the service. I'd be here with you next week on Veterans Day with some of the veterans that are here in our church. I love this country. And Pastor Messer asked, would we go to Australia? And from Australia, would we reach up into the nations of the world? We just bought a home. We'd been in it five months. It was Carol's dream home. I'm talking about the prize. I'm talking about the reward. I'm going to tell you, when Pastor asked us to go and we put that home up for sale, and we sold it, and we stuffed everything we owned into 11 old army duffel bags, and we moved to Australia, and we slept on the floor for months in a rented house that was 800 square feet. We went an entire year before I could take my kids to a pizza hut. But here's what I wrote down, like Paul reaching, like Paul reaching. This is what I wrote down in my Bible. Because there's a prize. There's a prize. Here's what I wrote in my Bible before we left Yuma, Arizona back in 1987 on the 24th of August. These are the words of Jesus in Luke 18, 29. I assure you, I assure you, he said, I assure you, everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God. For what? For what? For the sake of what? For the sake of God's dream will be repaid many times over in this life as well as receiving eternal life in the world to come. The most rewarding life I could ever live is a life that I could sell everything to serve God's dream. Number three. No, number E. D-R-E. E. You want to serve God's dream? You've got to get your eyes on eternity. You got to get your eyes on the eternal, the eternal, 
eternity. You think when you're young, it's just like you don't need to think about eternity. Yet, you know how long being young lasts? About that long. I mean, I just graduated from high school the other day. Good night. Those Yuma criminals. You know, listen, family. Please hear my heart on this. Eternity. Eternity is racing towards us right now at the speed of light. Eternity. Eternity. I'm one heartbeat away from it. And so are you. Eternity. Eternity. To serve God's dream, we must focus on the eternal. Listen, not the temporal. Because all around me, and it was said earlier, I'm look, Scotty was just up here talking about it. Well, it's just this, and it's just that, and it's just, it's all temporal. Oh, but you don't know the troubles. You don't know the trials. You don't know the, the things I'm going through in my life. Temporal. It's temporary. Oh, but brother, my heart's broke. Temporary. Oh, but brother, I've been hurt. I've been, it's temporary. Listen, you have eternal life. Your problem does not. Your problem has a use-by date. You're going to outlive every problem you've ever had. Come on, eternal son of God. Come on, eternal daughter of God. Come on, you who have eternity already. You're not waiting to go to heaven to get eternity. Come on, man. You got eternity living in you right now. Eternal life came the day you gave your heart to Jesus. You're going to outlive every dead, gum, bad thing that's ever happened to you. Because you're eternal. You're e Don't be seduced by the temporal. By the fleeting. By the moments. Don't give your life to a dream that won't last two minutes or count two beans in eternity. 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 Think about it every day. Think about it every single day. David said in Psalm 39, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me my days are numbered. Remind me my life is fleeing away. Remind me that my life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, the Bible says God has put eternity in the heart of man. We have eternity in our heart. Eternity. Don't be seduced by the temporal. It's just bling. Don't be seduced by this little sandbar of time that exists between the two great oceans of eternity. You're going to be here a minute. Actually, 57 of them. You've heard me say this before. If a thousand years is as a day to the Lord, and the Bible says that on about three different occasions, a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. And you do the math, take a 12-hour day, and that means a 70-year-old man gets about 57 minutes. You got about an hour, brother. If you come to Sydney and have a cup of coffee with me in my office, you'll see an hourglass. I have an hourglass. I bought it. Carol and I were in New Orleans, and I bought it at an antique shop down there near Bourbon Street. And I bought this hourglass so that I could turn it over. I've turned it over a thousand times in my office. I turn it over, Carolyn. I turn it over, and I quote these words. I turn it. I've done it. This. I just got home this last week. Walked in my office. I, I don't. Like last week, so I turned it over, and I door is closed. No one's watching me. I turn that hourglass over, and I talk to me. And here's what I say to me when I turn that hourglass over. I quote Robert Moffat, the great, great missionary to Africa. And I turn it over and I say, Jack, you have all of eternity to celebrate your victories, but one short hour to win them. 
How do you want to, how do you serve God's dream? Well, do a mission trip. Reach for that reward. And focus on eternity. And then bringing it down to a close. I don't even see a clock. Man, they put me on the clock in Sydney. You guys didn't even put me on the clock today. I, that clock's ticking down. Normally I'm going, okay, okay. okay. Number A. Number A. And this comes right from Psalm 2.8. Ask of me. Ask of me. Come on, get on your knees. Ask of me. And I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Come on, father, mother, the best thing you can do for your kids, the best thing you can do for your grandkids, the best thing you can do for your generation. Come on, ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possessions. Ask God, ask God, ask God to help you see what he sees. Ask God to fill your heart with a burden for a lost and a dying world. You gotta see it, you know, you gotta see it. There was a movie that came out years ago, scary movie. This little kid, and he's talking to Bruce Willis, and he said, I see dead people. Anybody remember that old movie? So old now, nobody probably knows. I'll never forget the time Carol come home one day from the mall. We've been talking about people and souls and what God sees. And I remember she come home from the mall there in Sydney, and she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, I see lost people. Ask, Lord, give me your heart. I'm asking you for nation. I'm asking you for peoples. I'm asking you, Lord. The other day when I was working on this message, I went online to find out how many nations there are. That, that number changes all the time. But as of last week, 206 nations or sovereign countries in the world, 206, God says, ask of me. Family, if you will begin to pray for nations and invest your time, your tears, and your treasures, your heart will go there too. How do I get a mission's heart? Well, you invest your time, your tears, and your treasure, and you'll have a mission's heart. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And now number M. D-R-E, how do I serve God's dream? What is God's dream? God's dream is nations standing before him with salvation's clothes. That's God's dream. Well, how do I serve God's dream? I just, I just maybe just live over here on the street. I may just be working part-time. I may be on the welfare. How does somebody like me serve God's dream? We'll do a mission trip. But I can't, don't say I can't. You can't. And maybe, like I said, it may not be to the other end of the earth, but it'll, there's, you can do some mission trips right here. Do a mission trip. Reach for a reward. Remember the prize is yours for serving God's dream. Eternity, 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 eternity. Don't be seduced. Eternity is coming. Eternity is here. Ask, ask God. And M is for money. 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 Make a faith promise. I'm talking about how do I serve God's dream. We make a faith promise. Money is how we get the gospel to the furthest parts of the world. If there was another way to do it, we'd find it. We'd figure it out. But this is how we do it. We, we do it with money. Money is how we plant churches and support church planters. Money is how we build a maternity ward in the Democratic Republic of the Congo now where babies are being born in a healthy, sterile environment because we gave money and built that maternity ward. Money. Money is how we dig wells with Jesse McCall in Cambodia. 
Money is how we remove cataracts off the eyes of boys and girls in Indonesia. Money is how we feed orphans. Money is how we build those homes for those widows. We built now over 100 of them together. We built over 100 homes for widows together. Money, money is how we send workers. Money is how we shelter girls and pull them out of sexual slavery in Thailand and Laos and in India. It's, we do that with money. I don't know. We do it with money. We do it with money. Money. Money is how we have a, an outreach right here in Phoenix on the other side of that wall. It takes money. Money is how we build those things and keep this open and, and, and how we get these kids, unchurched kids, to come in. How do we do that? I know Dan and Reagan look good, but they don't do it with good looks. We good, really good. Come on, how many think she's fine? She's fine. But not fine enough to, I mean, it takes money. It just takes money. It takes money to print tracks. It takes money. I, I, you know, uh, people get all upset when you talk about money. I, I don't know what else, I don't, if you told me another way, I won't talk about money. If you'd show me there's an easier, better, but it's money. It's money. Oh, that preacher. I remember one time I was preaching a missions conference. I was talking like this. When it was over, I had to go to the bathroom. You know, it's terrible when the preacher has to go to the bathroom. But, I, you know, as soon as it was over, I snuck out and ran to the bathroom. And I heard these guys walk into the bathroom. And I was, I was behind the door. And I heard these guys say, oh, I don't know. I think they're just all about your money. All they, all they wanted was your money. I heard him say that. He didn't know I was there. He didn't know I was behind the door. I thought, that is not what this is about. That is not what this meeting was about. That is not what this conference was about, God. How could he hear that? But money is a tool. You put it in the hand of a pornographer, and he'll make pornography with it. You put it in the hand of a totally committed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll advance the kingdom of God with it. Money has no morality. I'm talking about something that's so neutral. The only thing that gives it even meaning or value is your heart. It takes money. That's why we make faith promises. That's why we're getting ready to take up a missions offering, because it takes money. It takes money. And I'm not talking jangling money. Coins. That's not how we get this stuff done. We get this stuff done, come March, we're doing it again. We're making another faith promise. We're making another commitment. And we're not going to relent. And we're not going to back down. People say, what's it take to be a member of your church? We usually say a passport. Do you have a membership form? Yeah, passport. Get yourself a passport. Put yourself in a place where you can bless people. Here's the beauty and the wonder and the weirdness. My money can serve God's dream. Whether I have a lot of it or a little of it, your money can serve God's dream. Money's a terrible master, but it's a great servant. When you give to missions, you're partnering with God's dream for the ages. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. How do I serve God's dream? What is God's dream? I'm going to tell you. The church exists. Why don't we just go to heaven? Why don't we just die and go to wonder? Why don't we just die and go to glory? 
Why don't we just die and go walk the pearly, through the pearly gates and streets of gold? Why? Why? Everything we do here, we don't even need to be here to do. We preach, we sing, we praise, we worship, and we eat muffins. We don't have to do that here. We can do all that there. We can do every bit of that. Actually, we can do it better there. We can do it all speaking the same language there. Now, I don't know whose majority language is going to win, but if these Chinese keep getting saved like they're getting saved right now, 35,000 a day, we all may be speaking Mandarin in heaven. I don't know. I don't know. Man, I lost my train of thought, but it was good. You would have liked it. Money. So how do I serve God's dream? I write out a check every month or every week, and I make sure that God's dream is on my priority. I don't give God my spare change and my leftovers. I strategically make a commitment. Carol and I have been making faith promises. Pastor Messer has plundered me for 40 years. But when we go to heaven, he won't be hiding from me. You know, some pastors are going to be in heaven, and their congregations are going to say, how come you didn't let us be a part of the great harvest? How come, how come you had no vision bigger than the carpet in the car park? How come you were focused on your, your, you know, your, your facilities and your frequent flyer points and not a lost world? How come our church didn't get involved? How come we weren't a part of the great harvest? You know, eternity is a long time for a pastor to try to hide from his people. I just pray when we see each other in heaven, you might walk along and say, see that guy? That crazy guy right there? Well, that guy plundered us. He plundered us. But man in heaven now, we're sure glad he did. You ought to see where I live. Just a word of caution. Next time I come, put the clock up. <laughs> Which will be in March. Better put the clock up. Do a mission trip. Stay with me, family. Come on. Reach for the reward. Keep your eye on eternity, ask God for nations, and make a faith promise. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for this precious church. Great hearts, beautiful people. Thank you, Father, for this house. With your heads bowed, can I just say, God's dream is not only for China and India, Cambodia to be saved. It's for North Sydney to be saved, too. Uh, and it's uh, North Phoenix. It's, it's right out here, dear, dear, dear Valley. It's even right here today in this building. Yes, we want to reach for the furthest parts of the earth. But what if you were sitting here right now and your heart really wasn't right with God? This gospel's for you. This gospel's for you. Today, if you would be willing to say, Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus, I I'm not going to serve my dream, my life anymore. Today, I'm going to give my heart to you. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, show me how to be a totally committed follower. I don't want to be a casual Christian. Jesus, I mean business. If I give my life to you, it's going to be for real, and it's going to be all, all in. And so, Jesus, today, I want to give my life to you. Jesus, I've been thinking about this. I've been praying about this. But today's the day. I'm hearing this message. I'm hearing your dream, and I'm wondering what I'm doing with my life. And today I make my mind up, help me God, but today, help me Holy Spirit, today I'm going to commit my life to Jesus. 
And from this day forward, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is in charge. Jesus is my king, my master, my savior. And I'm giving, I'm all in. I'm coming to you, Jesus, right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that prayer is you, would you just let me know? Because I'm going to pray. And you'd say, include me, because I'm ready to do that right now. I am ready to totally commit my life to Jesus Christ right now. Every head bow, every eye closed. I'm looking around. Thank you, brother. I see that hand. That's fantastic. You can put it down. And I'm just looking around the building. Yes, brother, there. I see your hand. Thank you. You can put it down. That's fantastic. Those are big, bold hands going up. Those weren't little wimpy. I'm thinking about it. No, anybody else, you'd say, me too. Today's my day. I'm going to join these men, and I'm going to commit my life to Jesus Christ. Today is my day. I'm looking around. I'll wait just one more moment. I'm looking just, I'm going to wait just one more moment because I'm going to pray a prayer. There's two fellows here today that everything's going to change for them. They're going to walk out of here totally different than they came in. Anyone else before I pray this prayer? Brother, God bless you. God bless you. Father, I thank you for these men, three men, three bold men today. Lift their hand in this house. And say, I'm all in for you, Jesus. Come on. How many of us join him and say, me too, Lord. We're all in too. Come on. The rest of us. Let's stand together. Father, I'm praying right now for these men that raise their hands. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that today as they raise their hand, as they release, as they surrendered, that a commitment, a total commitment to Christ has happened in their life and in their heart. And Father, I'm asking now that from this day forward, a new walk, a new journey will begin. And I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' precious, precious name. In Jesus' precious name. Let's give these men an applause. Here's, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Scott's going to come, and he's going to lead us in our missions offering. You thought you, got, you were going to get out of here without it, didn't you? No, I know you didn't think that. We're going to receive a missions offering, and it's going to, you're going to hear from God and you're going to obey God because that's all we need. We just need everybody to hear from God and obey God. We don't need any more than that. We don't need any less than that. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then after Scott leads us and we dismiss the service, look, look right here. I love you all. I want to give everybody a big group hug. But I'm going to go stand over by that tree and I want to have another prayer with the three men that raise their hand. I was just, if, if you want to come over there. Just meet me over there, and I'm going to have a word of prayer with the three of you men that raised your hand. All right, let's receive this offering, Scotty. Amen. Oh, sorry. I talk a little bit louder. It, please, take, please take your seats. Can we just thank Pastor Jack for that great word this morning? Amen. And Pastor Messer? Could I please, could you please come and pray for our missions offering here? Papa, as, uh, although, is that how we, is that how, did I use a good accent, Papa? That's not how we would say it in Australia, but. But I don't have any grandfathers uh, left, but this man is my grandfather in the faith. So uh, it's always an honor to have you here, Pastor, if you could pray for our offering. What an amazing message we just heard from heaven. You know, I've been doing Faith Promises since 1976. And uh, actually, actually started in 74, but we moved in high gear in 76. And uh, what an amazing journey 
and so excited to see you and uh, glad that we're all a part of something incredibly wonderful, aren't we? Father, we just thank you so much for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for what we've heard from heaven. We thank you, Lord, for what we saw on the screen. And Lord, I pray now that you would just touch every heart in this building. Lord, you're not asking for uh, equal amounts from each one of us, but Father, you're asking for equal sacrifice. Lord, that we'd all think and pray and seek your face and want to be a part of the greatest plan of the ages, the dream of heaven. Thank you, Father, now. Speak to every heart, and we'll give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, because you and you alone are worthy. Multiply this seed that is sown in this house today, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Love you, too. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, you chose a good day to be in church today. It's uh, so good. And uh, I'm going to, just in a moment, just going to wait uh, here just a couple more minute, uh, moments for the offering to be collected. And then next Mission Sunday, we'll have another report to show about what we've been a part of in this coming month. And uh, so I love that we get to see. You said, I, I know that we are, uh, we want everyone to do a missions trip. But to be able to have on the screens to show, because we can't go to all of those places this next month, but to be able to show on the screens, here's what was happening in Cambodia or in Burundi or in Indonesia. It's, it's great to be able to see it. And I would encourage you, church, to, to be praying. It, it, we we want to give because we need to give so that the, the, the gospel can go forward. Pastor Jack said it's, the gospel is free to receive. Receive it freely, but to provide it, it costs. It costs us. So to do those things. But can I add one thing to what we do, and that's to pray. To pray for those who are on the mission field. Pray for the pastors. Pray for the church planters. Pray, pray for those villages that are receiving the wells. And, and pray. Pray for those whom we support. I'm going to close in prayer right now, and then uh, we'll finish the service. And again, for those three men, Pastor Jack's going to be uh, over here to the side near that tree. Lord God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the word that's gone forth. We thank you for your presence here. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you'd bless every person, every family, Lord, that's here today. Lord, I pray for this week. Lord, I pray that this week would even bring answers to prayers that have been prayed for so long. Lord, we trust you, we love you, we acknowledge you, Lord, as the Lord of our life. And I pray that we would live our lives as fully committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we commit, Lord, this week to you and for your glory and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day, everybody.